This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Return of a bad game? Question mark. I guess we see how important Pascal Siakam is to the framework of how this team operates, how everything fell apart with him off the floor, and Chris Boucher with one of his biggest statistical games. In fact, one of the biggest statistical front court games from a Raptor, I would say. Absolutely massive. 38 points, 19 rebounds, one shy of getting that 2020, which is, you know, it's a vaunted stat line in the NBA because 20 and 20 is really cool. It's a, it's really good. And any big man who can get there, that's a really cool bookmark or feather in your cap in your career. So Chris Boucher, first of all, hell of a game, dude, keep doing your thing. And, you know, this is something that everybody probably should have already known is that the Raptors offense with Pascal and Boucher sharing the floor is typically quite good. Now it falls off defensively from time to time. And that's, I would say more related to Chris Boucher than it is to Pascal Siakam, but bygones be bygones. They, they end up losing this game by, uh, by nine, 122 to 113 against the bulls who have their new star pairing of Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine. Zach really had his playmaking cap on tonight, 13 assists. And once again, you've heard it a million times before on the Raptors Reaction Podcast, the Raptors sink and overhelp against superstar types. And Zach Levine took that in stride. And the Bulls, Vucevic is, I would say, above average passer at his position. Thad Young is just a fantastic passer at his position. Sadaransky, those types of guys around him, they pass the ball well. They move well without it. And there was lots of opportunities for assists. The 13 dimes, yeah, sink the defense, find the open guy, make the right play. And the Raptors sinking so often. They're just missing so many guys at this point. The defense, you know, even with guys like Pascal and OG who are fantastic, you're still bringing on a new guy in Gary Trent Jr. Malachi Flynn has a lot of really, really great plays defensively and appears to be quite good but he's still not operating at his full capacity in that unit. It's his first time starting. Chris Boucher, his defense has been slipping for some time now. And, you know, his offense popped off, so that's nice. But doesn't mean he's good defensively. He was kind of a train wreck in this game as well. So 
pick and rolls, whatever. It's just he's having a tough time navigating as the backline guy, which makes sense. That's never been that's never been his role in the NBA and definitely not one he succeeds at or is emboldened in. I don't think the Raptors are just trying to get as much out of him as possible. And a lot of that comes on the offensive end, which is what we saw. I thought he paired extremely well with there's a bunch of two men actions that I thought he excelled in with Malachi Flynn, with Pascal Siakam in particular. And I'll talk Malachi Flynn and Chris Boucher, pick and pop and pick and roll. I thought that the pacing was quite nice. Malachi clearly has a good feel for, you know, what pace to come downhill. There's like the crab dribble, a little sidestep, and you have the bounce, and you can you can take that step back or you can lurch forward if you want. And then he's also in a position to throw a lob to Boucher too. And so they got in some two-on-one situations won a couple of them, especially early on. Very, very nice to see because Boucher, he's he has a great contract, not guaranteed. Next year, I'm sure the Raptors will punch the the guarantee on that. Malachi Flynn, obviously coming back next year, has looked really strong in this you know recent stretch of games. This could be a bench duo for next year. And so when the Raptors are losing so many games, missing so many guys, I think those are the takeaways that the coaching staff is looking for. And if you're going to find any silver linings as a fan I think that's one of them too is that Malachi and Chris found an offensive synergy together and that's great other silver linings obviously the Pascal Siakam I thought was genuinely quite incredible in this game grab and go was rolling definitely he was cooking Vucevic in space doing pretty well against Thad Laurie Markkinen Tice whoever was guarding him because the Bulls did have quite a few minutes where they went jumbo that's Nikola Vucevic who's massive at center Daniel Tice, who's not massive, but plays bigger than he is at power forward. And I think he's 6'9". And Larry Markkinen is like 6'10". And uh, he's obviously, it's a finesse style of his game, but that's that's some real size there. So Siakam had some opportunities to get past the initial line of defense. And then what was left for him typically was it relied on a lot of craft in his footwork and his finishing And it was just an array of really incredible moves from him, you know, jumping off the wrong foot to keep the help side defender off or to get the edge on the guy's hip, spin moves, swim moves, just a whole bunch of stuff. And this was one of the best field games that Pascal has had in relation to how he's attacking players with his feet. And so the footwork thing is that it was often crowded in the paint. So he had to get to the open spaces beyond his initial defender. That's where you could see him planning out which steps he's going to take after his pickup point. And that little extra dedication to, okay, the craft has to be a little bit sharp here was great. And in relation to his spin move or the swim or the swim move, his spin move is it's different than OG's. OG is spinning away from guys typically if he can get them leaning the opposite way. Pascal's is a really close proximity spin move. So he's usually feeling the guy across his back as he's spinning against him. And then he's looking to clear his arm or his elbow to create that seal and then spring off of them to create that uh, that distance between them and help him explode to the rim. And his swim move is there's a similar level of feel there. It's just he can feel the defender coming across the face of him. And then he knows that that right hand, if he has the ball scooped in his left hand, that right hand can give the quick shove on the guy's hip, and he can swing the swim move, the ball over top of him. Think Draymond Green in the game six when he scored the game winner or what ended up being the winning basket in game six of the finals. Or if he has his right hand, he can kind of shove and just swim with his left hand and then go straight up with his right. 
those two moves very big in his arsenal. The spin is obviously more popular, but they're both very, very big in his repertoire. And so I thought his choices, the way that he mixed those moves in this game was pretty immaculate. And you could see the numbers reflected that. The grab-and-go stuff was great. The playmaking, it wasn't reflected really well in the assists, but a lot of fantastic passes tonight. And the team was completely reliant on him in this one. They basically couldn't muster up any offense without him. And it's... uh. It was a really impressive performance. I was very happy with Pascal tonight. And especially, as I said, the way he mixed his different moves in. Because he clearly has a lot he can go to. And there's very few things that he's become elite at. But you can make your choices elite by mixing them well enough to keep the defense off balance. And Pascal tonight, it felt like that's what he did. He mixed incredibly well. OG, as has been the case with a lot of these things... And, you know, here's the thing. OG is great. He's just trying to step outside of his role. So there's going to be negatives attached to that. And he's going to continue to iron out the negatives as often as he can to provide as many positives as he can. But just so nobody gets down on him, OG is already... And keep in mind that $18 million contract doesn't even kick until next year. But he he's out earning $18 million a year. Defensive player of the year, adjacent defense, it's that good. It just the Raptors don't have a great defense right now, but OG is that affecting. He's that important defensively and offensively. He's such an easy player to plug in next to really good players already. He's he can space out, you know, pr- for primary actions, which the Raptors have done a lot of this year. Put him on the weak side. The defense has something to worry about. He's a real shooter. He's getting better at closing out. Well, not closing out, but attacking closeouts. And as you could see at the start of this game and in a bunch of games this year, if he gets a mismatch against a big man, he can blow by pretty consistently. And he, he'll he size up. He'll go into an isolation. And his points per possessions, I don't have the synergy numbers against big men, but I would assume they're actually quite good. And there's a bit of that in this game. But the, the main point being, even if you see things you don't like in OG's game and you wish he was better at them, be patient because he's already working on a floor that is so high. He's like on the 27th floor of the hotel And there's, you know, there's 46 floors, but he's so high already. And he just could not be moved from that 27th floor. Nowhere to go but up. And tonight, a little sloppy on some plays. Like, he's getting downhill. He gets off balance. He has to throw a wild pass or something like that. Part and parcel of the OG Ananobi experience. But the thing is, it's uh, he he made a lot of advanced passes today, too. And he, he continues to spot up. He continues to do his thing when the offense calls for that. And when Pascal was off the floor, he didn't take the reins and control the offense and lead them to prosperity and have everyone say like, oh, this is really impressive. Maybe we can give him a ton of possessions and see what happens. He had pick and roll takes. They didn't end up very well, but that's what this is for. He's going to work on this stuff in the summer. He's getting game reps. Again, nowhere to go but up. But in this game, uh, a lot of the advanced stuff, the stuff you might be expecting from future OG. It didn't go very well in this one, but I still think that's he he has so much promise and you know this is just a a bump in the road. So I'm not uh, particularly upset at OG. 40 minutes, 13 points, four rebounds, six assists, three steals, and he he put up a lot of shots. That's what you want to see. You want OG taking a lot of shots. You want to see what you're getting. And that's I'm perfectly happy with OG doing that. Gary Trent Jr. uh just tough game for him, really. Shot wasn't going one of seven, two of 14. It is that 
He has similar types of problems against big defenses as Fred Van Vliet, except he struggles even more. So when Pascal went out and the Chicago Bulls were still playing that big lineup and they went on that big run, Gary Trent Jr. was on the floor and he does not have as advanced a handle as Fred Van Vliet. And so when he's getting run off the line into a defense that's quite large in the middle and the guys pinching in are not six foot six, they're like six foot nine. And he has to shoot over those guys or pass out. And it's just, it put him in a lot of tough positions because he can't get to the rim like that. And it's tough to shoot over those types of contests consistently. And so this game was really, really tough for him. To succeed against a team like this, he would need a better infrastructure. The Raptors are missing way too many guys. And it's just tough, tough pickings for him. I talked a little bit about Flynn's defense, but offensively, well, and I talked about his offense as well, but outside of the stuff with Boucher, I really like how he handles in transition. That head is up. And it's not just about who you're passing to in transition. And this is something Kyle Lowry is maybe one of the best in the league at. It's the lane you occupy and what what type of gravity you have in transition. So if you can obstruct a guy who's chasing down, let's say Pascal Siakam is coming and trailing the play. If there's a guy trailing him and trying to get back into it, Kyle Lowry would probably try to occupy that guy's space and set a screen with ball in hand and then give Pascal Siakam a one-on-one at the rim with the ball after making a pass to him. Something like that. It's the management of the vertical lanes on the court in transition and the horizontal lanes on the court in the half court. And Malachi Flynn, actually, I think he sees the floor in a very good way as far as that goes. And that's something to be very, very happy with. There's a bit of shot making in this game too. And they ran through their, their reads. He made some nice, some nice passes and, you know, he didn't shoot the ball exceptionally well in this game. He basically, he couldn't get anything inside the arc. He's small. He doesn't have incredible burst and the bulls were really big at times. And the Raptors very clearly in this game could not get anything outside of Pascal or Boucher really. And that's, you know, them's the breaks. That's kind of how it shook out. But Malachi Flynn, in spite of not being able to finish at the rim and not really having anything going in the mid-range, still pretty happy with what he provided in this one. Bench guys, Stanley, you know, I'm, I like Stanley. I think he's an NBA player. I just think that he is very much a situational guy. The Raptors didn't have any room for situational guys. They had room for everybody. And because they only had eight guys active, Stanley, Yuta. Aaron Baines, they all played, you know, over 15 minutes. And Stanley, I think he he really clunks up the offensive side of the floor. And he had a couple nice defensive plays, but it's just, it's tough to watch him struggle through it. He he really needs to be a complimentary player. And you don't want to have the ball in his hands too much. You want, you want him next to four really impressive offensive players. And you want him to be switching out up top defensively and you... You really want to try and maximize him on both ends. So maybe he's shooting a corner three every once in a while on offense, but you don't want the ball coming to him otherwise, unless it's like a basket cut where he's wide open. And defensively, let him switch, run the switch heavy scheme and try and flex his muscles that way. But in this game, it just didn't return much. Yuda had a really nice behind the back move, had a nice move where he faked out Levine in transition. And I, hey, Yuda, any type of success for him, 100% 100% shooting from the floor, made his only three, was only a minus five. And, you know, it's uh, whereas like Baines was minus 22, Johnson was minus 14. I thought Yuta had a really nice stint. 
he's an NBA player. And I don't know if he's on the Raptors pass this year, but I really hope he's on the team because I think he's shown enough and hopefully he'll get a chance to continue to do so the rest of the year. But he's an NBA player. He had a good game. Baines is, uh, it's, he's coming along. He's doing his thing. There's not that much you can say about Baines at this point. His defense has been trending in the right direction for maybe a little while. And he's a big body against those other huge bodies that Chicago's playing. But he, uh, he's going to make things difficult for you offensively because he doesn't provide a ton of pop on that end. In fact, he can, to some degree, he can really hamper what the Raptors are trying to do. And so it's, uh, it's tough for him out there. He has to really bring a lot on the defensive glass and, as far as defensive presence really has to bring something as well to be a positive in these games. He's had a few of those years, you know, it when you see it because the Raptors, you know, he's, he's clearing out a lot of space for guys to come grab the ball and get the ball up court fast. He's holding guys out of the paint. He's being a little bit daunting in there. His contests are on point and it's, that wasn't really this game, but he's uh Kim Birch is on the way and everybody will get to see a new center and, you know, Temp, temper your expectations for Ken Birch. He he has similar numbers to uh, Aaron Baines, but maybe in the context of the Raptors, he can be a little bit better. I do think Ken Birch is a little bit better, but I just don't think he'll end up being a savior or anything like that. But I'm happy to have him on the team, get a look at him the same way you get a look at Utah in a game like this and stuff like that. So that's on the way. But the Raptors, they they had a tough time keeping the Bulls under wraps. The Bulls had a lot of success with their big lineup. The Raptors just really smashing with Chris Boucher and Pascal Siakam towards the end, trying to get back into it, and couldn't really do so. Another fake comeback to save their net rating. So they'll be, you know, one of the worst records of all time with a positive or near positive net rating. It's kind of a funny stat. But anyway, it's, uh, yeah, Raptors lose this game. Not particularly close. They they were getting blown out most of the game. It came a little closer at the end, but as they have been wont to do, uh, they did not make it all the way back. But yeah, Reggie Evans Award goes to Chris Boucher. 38-19 is like, that's not easy to do. And I think it's fairly self-explanatory for the Reggie Evans Award. Also talked about him a ton at the top of the podcast. So yeah. Uh, top cooker action comment is from Phil Dude. Hey, Phil Dude, how you doing, man? Quote, Whoa, Slim Duck, 38-19, end quote. Hell yeah, Slim Duck, 38-19. Talked about it a bunch at the start of the podcast, but he's a hell of a game for him. The Raptors, he'll be on the team next year, I'm sure. And uh, he's he continues to try and carve out his game. And it's uh, he's at like an advanced age for how many years he's played in the league. He's not like a young gunner or anything like that. But there's a lot of things to like. And he's... Uh, He'll he'll be back with the team next year, and I'm excited to see how many more gaudy stat lines he can put up the rest of the year. But Phil Dude, thanks for writing in. Listener, thank you for listening. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, I've been Sam's Folk. Have a blessed day, and goodbye.